Mid-thirties, she calculated. Non-smoker, not a shred of excess weight. High cheekbones. Firm chin with a dimple she couldn't improve on. A mouth with lips just full enough to be sensual without sacrificing masculinity. Strong, straight nose. Eyes just a little deep-set, a shifting turquoise under dark, straight brows. The rest of the body matched the face, beautifully proportioned, narrow through hips and waist under a clean white t-shirt, thighs muscular in blue jeans painted with mud to mid-calf. Dana couldn't see his feet behind the tall grass, but his hands, thumbs hooked in his pockets, looked as graceful as a concert pianist. The Greeks had made statues like this, but nature seldom duplicated their talents. Not without help. If genes like his were common, she would be out of a job. And then maybe she would have time for a love life. The man took a step toward her, breaking the spell. Dana flung open the car door and dived across the seat. Idiot! Who knows better than you how little a face has to do with the soul inside? Are you in need of assistance, ma'am? Dana's fingers slid off the button of the glove compartment. She peered out the passenger window where the face gazed back at her, lips curved up at the ends as if he knew exactly what she'd been thinking. She flushed, slid back into the driver's seat, and folded her hands in her lap. The doors were unlocked. He could get in if he wanted. But she would be damned if she let him think she was afraid especially when he was circling his finger in an unmistakable request that she roll down the window. Calmly cursing herself, she punched the window button. Hot air flooded the car, and with it the subtle scent of mail. Cotton, soap, perspiration, and a whiff of motor oil. The man leaned down and rested his elbow on the door. You're not from around here, are you? He asked. His voice was a low drawl, tinged by an agreeable accent that reminded her of Uncle Charles. She searched his eyes for any clue as to his intentions, but found only blue-green sparkling with mischievous light over depths she couldn't begin to plumb. A very astute observation, she said coolly. You don't by chance know how to repair my car. It's possible, he said his gaze wandering to the open neck of her blouse. Where you headed? Grand Mare. If it's any of your business. Do you live in this area? He rested his dimpled chin on his knuckles. You're still a good five miles from town, if you don't count the shacks and fishermen's camps along the levee. You have family in Grand Mare? Lucky guess. Better that he know she wasn't alone and without resources, just in case, though her skittishness was beginning to seem very foolish. Augustine Degla is my great aunt. Do you know her? I met her. He cocked his head and studied her with sharper interest. You're a Degla? Dana wondered if this kind of inquisitiveness was specific to Louisiana. Sancier, actually. Aunt Augustine is my mother's aunt. My parents left this area in their 20s. 
This is the first time I've been here. Now, what had possessed her to babble on so? Something about his lazy, half-lidded eyes invited her to confide in him. A total stranger. In a way, she wouldn't confide in her closest friends back home. She tried to reassemble her guard, but the stranger's demeanor had radically altered in the short time she'd been talking. He had drawn back from the window, and his eyes had lost all of their friendliness. You look like a woman who enjoys fine things, he said, all the melody gone from his voice. Grand Mare is a simple place, with simple people. I don't think you'll like it there. If I were you, 